This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Riley and Robbie Hyde. Welcome back to the Barreled Up podcast, everybody. Welcome in. We are going to talk about winter meetings. We're going to talk about Juan Soto. We're going to talk about signings, deals, Otani expectations, I'm joined, as if you don't know by now, the new co-host for the show just came on board, Robbie Hyde. Robbie, how are you this morning after Soto to the Yankees? I'm tired, man. I'm tired. <laughs> we went, we, I think we both went live three times yesterday to yep. wait for a trade. We did our normal show, and then we reacted to the Juan Soto trade. And uh, I'm exhausted, to be completely honest mm-hmm. with you. And we still have. Otani on the horizon we're just getting warmed up over here my friend yes warmed up that's a good way to put it there's more to cover there's more to happen more trades that are going to go down all of that as a reminder those of you that are listening out in podcast land to subscribe help us grow rate review share the podcast turn the automatic downloads on so that you have them away all right let's Start with just final thoughts on the winter meetings. Um, kind of a dud, right? But we sure got one hell of a. It would it, is it an encore? The way everything went down on Wednesday night after it was officially done with the Soto trade. Uh, Erod gets his deal. We'll talk about that with the Diamondbacks. Candelario sign. Winter meeting. Uh, your final thoughts from from you. It was a dud, like you said. Mm. I think really what it was were teams navigating the waters the best they could, right? Mm-hmm. Otani mm-hmm. is really causing a log jam in this entire thing. Yeah. Um, you just got to think those teams, and those are the big market teams, players, agents. They want to wait on you know, Otani to get his money, maybe even Yamamoto to get his money as well, um, you know, because – potentially they could be leaving money on the table, right? If they sign before, you know, these big guys get their money. So, and I also just think teams, from what I was told personally, a lot of teams are frustrated with the whole process, right? Because it's Mm. a lot of teams are in a holding pattern. And, you know, to me, I could definitely see that being tough to handle. So in the end, I think teams did the best they could. You know, Craig Breslow made comments saying like, yeah, he would have loved to have added this guy, this guy. And, you know, and it just felt like they're that was kind of the same with 
a lot of the teams out there, right? Just not a whole lot yeah. of action. And what really what I think it was, was teams feeling out everything, right? And that's why we saw all these moves coming in a flurry at the end, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think the winter meetings, it could have been better. We've seen much better winter meetings in the past, but I think really what it did for a lot of teams was it gave them a good feel of the offseason mm-hmm. moving forward. So. Yeah, I, I think we'll remember this winter meetings as the Otani and Juan Soto. And and that's really, that was it. There were some other things that happened, but it's not like, I, I feel like it was, it was maybe last year or two years ago during the winter meetings. It was a nonstop constant flurry. I, I can remember going live, reacting to deal after deal after deal after deal. Yeah. And that just wasn't, that just wasn't this, this winter meetings. But we obviously, we all know why. From a content creator standpoint, it's kind of interesting to navigate through that because you are unable to really dive into actual deals. You have to talk about the rumored deals and the news that is sort of circulating around things. So uh, from our side of things, it was kind of interesting. It was still I think you I mean, it was still kind of interesting for me to to come on and talk about it because there was to talk about there was just there was no action. There was a lot of running around and, and milling about, but no actual, not a lot of action. Um, big action. We did see a couple of trades, one being the Braves and the Mariners, the other being your team, the team that you are currently rocking the jersey for, <laughs> Alex Verdugo. And I want I want to get your thoughts. And again, those listening on, in the, on the podcast, maybe not knowing, Robbie, Red Sox fan, tried and true, bleeds. Red Sox, Red, Verdugo to the Yankees. This doesn't happen that often, a Boston and New York trade. Your thoughts? It needed to be done, right? It needed to be done. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Verdugo, at the end of the day, when you look at the numbers overall, if you go back to the beginning of the Mookie Betts trade, right, when that broke, there were, and I think, you know, maybe even unfairly at times, high expectations for Alex Verdugo. Alex Verdugo was never going to be Mookie Betts. He was never going to be him, but people were hoping he could at least be an above average player. And mm-hmm. at times he gave you that, right? At time, he gave you the walk-offs. He gave you the clutch moments, right? Gave you some great defense out in the outfield. But in the end, when you look at the overall numbers, he just ended up really just being a league average kind of a guy. And that's not right. a bad thing necessarily, but I think people just had more expectations of him in the end. But mm-hmm. for the current state of the Red Sox, he needed to go, right? It, it's you got one year left, and I don't think he really proved himself on and even off the field to be a guy that the Red Sox could really invest in long term, right? He had shown interest, uh, he had expressed interest in signing long term with the Red Sox, but the Red Sox weren't convinced, right? There were a lot mm-hmm. of things off the field with him, right? Go back to the Alex Cora thing when he got benched, right? And to me, I don't think that was the only time something happened. I don't know specifically, but to me, it's usually not just one time and all of a sudden your manager blows up on you. I'm guessing there was a, a multitude of times where Alex Rodugo was having issues. That is just speculation, but to me, that sounds pretty realistic. Right. Uh, Jared Carabas had been talking about you know, Verdugo and how there were some incidents as well. Um, you know, So like, I just think Verdugo in my personal opinion, didn't do enough of the little things to really show that he was someone the Red Sox could invest in. Because when you just look at the numbers overall, just league average, and then you got some younger guys coming up the pipe. Will you Abreu was very promising for them. Sedam Rafaela, 
that's a top prospect, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to me, there was really no reason to hang on to Alex Verdugo in the end. And then don't forget about Jaron yep. Duran. So there's a bit of a log jam there already. So it did not surprise me at all for the Red Sox to move him. I saw people out there saying, how could you trade Alex Verdugo? It's like, how could you not trade Alex Verdugo? It's, it's like one of those things. And I think for the Yankees, let's see how he is over there. I do think a, a different kind of a bat for them is going to be good. It's going to give them some better defense in the outfield. Yeah. When it comes to their defense, they did not have a good defense last year in the outfield. They were second to last in defensive runs saved among their outfield last year. So that to me, Verdugo, different type of a bat, high contact bat, some good defense. I think that's going to be good for the Yankees. And for the Red Sox, you know, they end up getting some organizational depth. You get someone like Richard Fitz, where, you know, now all of a sudden he's the number 10 prospect in your system. More of like probably a, a good setup guy. All right, that's his ceiling, but that's a, yeah. that could end up being a good arm out of the bullpen. Got a couple other arms that maybe they could end up doing something for you. Uh, but in the end, I think it was a move that needed to be done. I was surprised that it was the Yankees in the end. Um, yeah. But hey, it ends up working out. Both teams... They met their goals with the trade, so I think it was. Uh, I think it was a good move overall. Yeah, and Verdugo, the way things are looking for him uh, with the Yankees, are it's interesting because right now he fits in there as one of the three outfielders, but there's a chance that another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Very soon, he is going to be the fourth outfielder in that group because Jason Dominguez will be back at some point. Aaron Judge is going to play. Giancarlo Stanton is your hitter. And this is what they call in the broadcasting business a smooth transition. Juan Soto is in the outfield now. Juan Soto is a New York Yankee. I argue this is a move that needed to happen. This is uh, the, 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 the pinstripes did not have the same meaning over these last couple of years. Embarrassing exit in the 2022 postseason, embarrassing 2023 season. Carlos Rodon's contract looks like an embarrassment. It's just been one negative thing after the other. Yes, Judge hit the most home runs in the American League, and they resigned him. Those were good. But outside of that, over the last two-plus years, it's been a lot of bad around the New York Yankees. The Yankee name didn't carry the same weight as it had for such a long time. And, and and now that you have people out there saying the Yankees are the Yankees again, and that can be good and bad for baseball. So Juan Soto is a New York Yankee. It's not the end. I, I think this tells you that they're going to keep pushing, that they're going to be aggressive because the world series it, it's always world series or bust for the Yankees. It's even more so now because you only have Juan Soto for one year. So I expect them to keep pushing. When you got the news, and let's 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 backtrack a little bit. I mean, we all got the news last night, but we all kind of knew it was coming uh, for for at least twelve hours. As we're going through this, as you're processing it, because everyone had time to process it, your thoughts on the Yankees, the package, 
that was sent over there? Are you good with the package? The the time frame, the the deal. How are you feeling about Soto to the Yankees? I'll start off. Everyone wants to talk about the Yankees with this one. I'll start off with the Padres here. I sure, think the Padres, and we'll, we can even maybe go back to Mookie Betts here, right? You know, go back to another star outfielder that got traded with one year of control, Mookie Betts. You know, look at the trade that happened, how that turned out. Didn't really work out for the Red Sox in the end. I think they had, mm-hmm. you know, they went about it the best way they could. They got the best players that they could possibly get. But it didn't work out. I think the Padres, maybe in the back of their head somewhere, said, okay, we can't we can't let that happen to us. We really have to get as much as we can. And they, for what they got for the circumstances, right, they need to cut payroll, so they had no leverage there. And everyone knew Juan Soto was going to get traded. It yeah. was just a matter of time, not if, but when. But people have to remember this, too, with Juan Soto. As good of a player that he is, he's going to be making $33 million next year, one year of control. So when you're looking at the overall trade value, it's not going to be as high as maybe people out there think, right? Because it's one year of Juan Soto. It is a rental at the end of the day. So for the Padres, I actually think they got quite a lot here for that. People are going to think, for Juan Soto, are you kidding me? But no, when you're looking at the, from from an economical point of view, they did really well in this trade, in my opinion. You get Michael King. This is a guy who's put up really good numbers for them over Mm -hmm. the last couple of years. He's going to be making 2.6 million next year. And he's basically going to be replacing Seth Lugo in the rotation. And number three, a guy that can really give you some good innings. That's hard to come by in the major mm-hmm. leagues today. So I think that was a great pickup for them. Drew Thorpe, that guy did really well in the minors last year. That's a guy that has a high ceiling, in my opinion. Definitely can be in the rotation at some point. You get guys like Brito and Vasquez. They can give you some innings, whether that's at the back end of the rotation, bullpen. And then you get a decent catcher in Higashioka, a guy that pitchers like to work with. I think overall, the Padres, they did very well here. They got two good pitchers in Michael King and Drew Thorpe. You get some depth in Brito and Vasquez. I like this for the Padres, right? Of course, it's not the same package that the Nationals got a couple of years ago, but due to the circumstances, it is what it is. For the Yankees, listen, I've every ever since Juan Soto has entered the major leagues, I've just seen a guy that could end up being a Yankee at some point, right? He's always clean shaven and never has any kind of a beard or anything. Just looks like a Yankee to me. Uh, and, and this is coming from a guy that has dealt with the Yankees for over 25 years. All right. If I see a guy that looks like a Yankee, I'm telling you that guy is a Yankee, right? Juan Soto is a perfect fit for them. Makes a ton of sense. Impact bat. But I think the big thing that a lot of people aren't thinking about necessarily is that how much protection he's going to give Judge in that lineup? Like that's insane. Like Judge with with Soto behind him. Like, are you kidding me? Like that's a one-two punch that is just nasty in that lineup. Um, it, it just works in so many ways. It, it gives the Yankee fan base a breath of fresh air. They've been waiting for some kind of like a George Steinbrenner-esque move, and this is definitely one of them. My next question is what's next can they go get Yamamoto or could maybe they go after maybe another picture out there you know who knows maybe even someone like Blake Snell I don't know about that Yamamoto they have a meeting with on Monday it's going to be interesting to see what the Yankees do next this definitely is a move I think they needed to make and when it comes to an extension I think they have a really good chance of getting him signed long term whether that's you know, even if that's just next year when he goes into free agency, we know the Yankees got money. 
I think Juan mm-hmm. Soto seems to like it in New York. Just mm-hmm. every every time I've heard him talk in interviews, seems to like it there. Yeah, we'll see what ends up happening. I, he absolutely could enter free agency, but I definitely think if the Yankees have a good year, he has a good season there, give me good vibes. I could see him staying for the long haul. And one more yeah. thing I want people to think about too. On baseball trade values, this was rejected, but one thing it was barely rejected. It was just barely over a major overpay. But one thing to think about too is now the Yankees, if he ends up leaving anyway, right? Let's say he goes to the Mets or whatever, they'll offer him the qualifying offer. That will give you a compensation draft pick, which is usually worth around three million. So in the end, the trade, if you counted a three million, you know, addition to the Yankees in in terms of a draft pick, it actually was approved on baseball trade values. But Mm -hmm. in the end, I think it's great for both sides. I like the move. I hate the move as a Red Sox fan, but <laughs> yeah. I like the move. Sorry, I rambled on there a lot. No, it's all right. I, I think, a lot of thoughts with me on that one, you know, considering it as the Yankees. So there, there are a ton of thoughts around this, and to condense them is is rather difficult. Um, I'll say the as far as the baseball trade values, when I was looking at potential deals, I saw a lot of times deals will work out on that website with that algorithm or with that formula that they use uh, to calculate this was never going to be one that really worked out. Trading Juan Soto, calculating his value, um, looking at these pieces, it, it, this was always going to be a, a difficult trade to have make sense if you tried to quantify it, if you yeah, tried to put Juan numbers Soto. on it. Like, exactly. It's, yeah, it's it's kind of one of those, it, it's it's a unicorn, right? He is yep. a unicorn himself, but it's a unicorn of a trade. So, mm-hmm. I think you've got, uh, you got a situation where, if you're the Yankees, no matter what, he's go- you know he's going to be a free agent. But at least now, you at least introduce him to pinstripes and that clubhouse, that team, that manager, that whole the whole element there, that fan base. It's not going to be the, the thing that decides it for him. He's going to go where the money is. Yeah. But if he's got the same amount of money on the table, Yankees and, and, and let's say Mets, let's say he's got the same dollar on the table. He'll probably pick the Yankees, especially if he has an amazing relationship with Aaron Judge, and he loves the yeah. tutoring that he is uh, that, that that he's bringing up. Jason Dominguez. That's the other element that I thought about this last night. Jason Dominguez now gets to play with Juan Soto for Crazy. a year. That's yeah. phenomenal for Jason Dominguez's development. I think yeah. that that is uh, just amazing. And yeah. th- so there's so much that goes into this. Yes, they're going to do more. Whether they get um, Yamamoto or not is to be seen. I do think the fact that Drew Thorpe is really the only prime prospect that they gave up maybe mm-hmm. gives them the ability to be nimble. And if they lose out on Yamamoto, make a trade for any of these other pitchers that we know are rumored out there. I don't think Dylan Cease is coming to play because Chris Getz is asking for the moon. <laughs> and so maybe he goes to Milwaukee or Cleveland or one of those other, other teams. And I mean, I think he, Easily, if you're the Yankees, swing a trade for Shane Bieber. If if Yamamoto falls apart, yeah, very much. So, uh, and it's going to be all in in 2024. And your comments about the Padres, it's great to uh, think about this from the Padres' perspective too, because they are the other player here, and they are trying to do something very difficult, and that is trade one of the top five or ten players in baseball, but make your team better after you have done that. That's a that's a tough thing to do. That's what they that's what they have been tasked with because there are so many holes. Um, and we'll see what they could do. Now, 
with Soto's money off the books, maybe they can bring Hader back. Maybe they can bring Snell back. I mean, there's now they have some options. They did not have options before. Now they do. Yeah. Let's speaking of options, let's rip through real quick some of the deals that have happened. Then we're going to talk about Otani. Erod signing with the Diamondbacks. The man that would not go to the West at the trade deadline said no to the Dodgers. Ends up out West now a, a on a rival for the Dodgers. You you let it slip there. You love it. I love it. Tell me why you love it. It's just a veteran guy, and they needed a third guy, in my opinion, right? A guy that has been in postseasons, winning a World Series in 2018. I just think that's a guy that fits very nicely with the Diamondbacks, right? Just gives that, you know, also gives them a good lefty in the rotation as well. Gives them a bit of a Mm -hmm. different look from that angle, right? I just like it. I like Gallon. I like Erod. I like Kelly there. You know, it's going to give them some good, reliable innings. He usually is a pretty durable guy. So, I think it's a great move for the Diamondbacks. I'm glad they did something. Well, it's me too. Like enough of these teams, like these smaller market teams, they just not do anything. That's why, I like, I like what the Reds are doing. We'll get to them in a little bit. Yep. I just like that these smaller market teams are stepping up a little bit. It's like good. Mm-hmm. You just made a World Series. Go make a move. Right. That's yep. exactly what they needed to do, in my yep. opinion. So love it. Absolutely love it. It's a great deal. They now have a, a situation where they, they have four starters that you could rely on. Imagine if they had Erod in the postseason. I think maybe maybe the World Series. Maybe, maybe the World Series. Six at least. Yep. You know? Yep. Things maybe go a little bit differently for them in the World Series if they had Erod then. Um, those of you watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that like. This is a collaboration of the podcast the Barreled Up Podcast with me and Robbie and the YouTube channel. This time it's on my channel. Next time it'll probably be on Robbie's channel. So make sure, those of you watching live on YouTube, to hit that like. Let's shoot past that 100 like count. It is lagging behind. We got to shoot past 100 likes. And those listening on the podcast, if you haven't yet, automatic downloads, turn them on, subscribe, stay close to this podcast. We've got a lot that we're doing here. Let's. Uh, so we have Erod to the Diamondbacks. We also have Candelario signing with the Reds. This is an interesting one mm-hmm. because I don't feel like they need him. Uh, it's not a lot of money. It's not a crazy deal. It's not a long, it's only three years, 45 million bucks. So it's really not that difficult of a pill to swallow from a financial perspective. However, don't they need to invest invest everything in pitching? And that's where they had been investing to this point was in pitching. Now, Erod is interesting because they're loaded at the infield. Where's Noel V. Marte going to play? I guess he'll shift to the outfield. If he shifts to the outfield, I think that bumps somebody else. Um, Jonathan India, they're, they're talking about playing India at first. I know Candelario can play first too. Do you have Candelario at first, maybe? And this in likelihood of an India trade again applaud the Reds for spending money and bringing in talent but are they necessarily using their money the best way is the only question I have I like that they're doing things I like that they're active I don't like if, if off season and Nick Martinez is their biggest pitch starting pitching acquisition I think they came up short Take that Nick Martinez money. Take that Candelario money. Throw it at 
I don't know. I mean, you could have maybe thrown it at, at Sonny Gray. That that ship has sailed. But um, give me your thoughts that, on what the Reds are doing here. Automatically now, they have trade pieces. Right? That's the first yeah. thing that I'm thinking of. It's yep. now, what do you do with Christian Encarnacion's strength? Could you maybe mm. now, I know you just got into LV Marte not too long uh-huh. ago in the Luis Castillo trade. Could he be a trade piece? All of a sudden now, the Reds have assets to move. That was the yep. first thing. Immediately, my first thought was, what? Like, what are you What are you doing? But then I'm like, oh, okay. I took a bite out of my sandwich, and I thought, oh, okay, okay. They can make, they can now make a trade. Dylan Cease, anyone? I mean, that sounds pretty good if you ask me. Now, I don't know, you know, where Christian Encarnacion and Strand would fit with the White Sox. You know, they're, I don't know. I mean, they, they definitely need upgrades anywhere they can, but – Listen, it just seems like right now, when it if it does end up, you know, becoming a thing where Dylan Cease is on the move, to me, I think they're just going to take the best overall package that they like, right? I don't think it's really going to be about fitting spots, right? I think it's just they're just trying to add assets at the end of the day. So, I think the Reds, you know, if, even if it's not Dylan Cease, right? Maybe another guy out there on the trade market could pop up. Um, someone like Logan Gilbert, right? You know, hey. They've made they've made the trade before with Luis Castillo. Maybe they can come back together on something. Maybe um, I don't know if they would uh, come back together for Luke, Logan Gilbert. But you know what I'm saying here, right? There's a all of a sudden now they have flexibility to make a move, right? And they need pitching, and they've been active. I like what the Reds have been doing this offseason. I feel like quietly they've been doing a pretty solid job, right? And now they make a move like this, a head scratcher at first, but. Now they can maybe go make a trade for some pitching. Uh, that's what I like about it. And as for the player himself, yeah, you know, I had a good season last year. You know, so it's not like you're adding just like a like a bum, right? You're adding a pretty good player in Candelario. So mm-hmm. overall, mm-hmm. hey, let's see. I think we're waiting for the next move for the Reds. That's the way I yep. look at it. So uh, somebody has on Twitter, and I don't know if this is legit or not, but talking about uh, the Reds and the Cubs are entering a bidding war for Reese Hoskins. That would just Ooh. From a Reds perspective, I would think they would be out on Reese Hoskins after Candelario. Uh, yeah. Reese Hoskins sounds like a great Cubs addition if you're not going to get Bellinger back. We're going to talk a little bit more. We'll dive into Bellinger. We'll dive into some more of those what-ifs in just a minute. We're going to talk about Otani next. And where we're at, where we're at with Otani, is it down to Jays and Dodgers? We have been hearing all sorts of stuff about the Cubs being out. Jed Hoyer did not like that that got out. We have not really heard much about the Giants. We haven't heard much about the Angels. Is, is that exactly is that exactly what you want if you are Giants and Angels fans for there to be nothing? The Toronto Blue Jays have been getting pelted with questions about Otani and their whereabouts the other night when they were in Florida and Otani was in Florida. Ross Atkins is being hammered with questions. Ross Atkins has been preparing for this his whole life. Ross Atkins is a pro at saying a lot of words without saying anything. So the Blue Jays, it feels like if you watch all of the media, if you watch everybody, everything that everyone's talking about, it feels like it's down to Blue Jays and Dodgers. And if you're the, if it's got to be the Dodgers is what everyone is expecting. The Blue Jays, as a Blue Jays fan, I just want to say the fact that we have made it to the final chapter in the Shohei Otani 2023 offseason book kind of feels like an accomplishment. I, I'm, 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 it'll be great if we close the chapter and 
it is a sentence on him signing with the Blue Jays. But if that is not what happens, the fact that this is where that front office is now, that's 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 the goal. That's the that's the bar. It's been set that high. Gives me confidence for them moving forward, even if they don't get Shohei Otani. Um, Jays, Dodgers, Otani, how this whole thing has played out. Robbie, give me your thoughts. The Blue Jays scare the crap out of me, man. Like, mm-hmm. it's... I think the Dave Roberts, that was hilarious when that happened. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll even kind of go on the side of Dave Roberts a little bit. It's like, it, it's, it is getting a little silly, right? It's like, right. come on, you know, we're we got to say hush, hush over everything. But like, I know usually you're not supposed to talk about the free agents, but everyone knows that it's the elephant in the room. Like, everyone yeah. knows the Dodgers have been connected with him for like 18 years, can, right? So I, it's, not like, it's not like it's any big secret. So, let me jump in real quick. Let me jump in real quick, and yeah. I'll let you get right back in on your thought. I, I just want to inject this to you real quick because I thought about it the other day. If the Dodgers don't get him, if he chooses the Blue Jays, oh. how much of a scapegoat is Dave Roberts going to become? He's already a polarizing figure in that Dodgers community. What if he chooses the the, the, the Blue Jays, the Cubs, or the Giants, or the Angels, and not the Dodgers? Dave Roberts is in a bad spot. I'll, I'll let you jump back yeah, in. Yeah, automatically, if that happens... Dave Roberts is a wanted man. Like, yes. it's like, however, I don't think it's going to be because of Dave Roberts. Like right, it's right. But unfortunately the way people are these days, they're, they're looking for something to blame. Mm-hmm. I will feel very bad for Dave Roberts at that point. He's, so I don't think he is going to be the reason if he ends up going to Toronto or maybe like a shocker, like the giants. Right. I don't think that, Oh, could you imagine Ooh. Let's just actually think Ooh. about that one. I know it's Blue Ooh. Jays, Dodgers. They seem to be the front runners, but could you imagine if he goes to the Giants? Right. Mm-hmm. Not only did Dave Roberts screw the pooch <laughs> on that one, but now he's going to the division rival Giants. Oh right. He's done. Dave Roberts is done. Dave yeah, Roberts is gone. <laughs> he'd have to go to. He'd have to go coach in Australia. I mean, my uh-huh. goodness, like it's over. Yeah. Um, but. The Blue Jays scare me, man. I don't know if it's like an in-division bias kind of a thing because now we got to deal with you – know, as a Blue Jays fan, I know for a fact you're hoping you get Otani, right? Oh, yeah. Now you got to deal with Juan Soto, right? So mm-hmm. you're hoping you can, you know, send a punch back, right? Right. You go, yep. you go land Otani. Um, honestly, the perfect situation. Yankees get Soto. Blue Jays get Otani. Red Sox get Yamamoto. We're all happy, right? So mm-hmm. anyway, but no, the Blue Jays scare me. Uh, because they've kind of just been this outsider of a team where you didn't think they ever had a chance. And how many times in the past have we seen a team that you thought had no chance end up getting the guy, right? Could it end up just being the Dodgers were always the number one choice for him? We've seen that too, you know, from day one, the Dodgers were circled on my piece of paper with all the teams, right? Basically, in my personal opinion, coming into this offseason, I've thought the Dodgers were his top choice, but he's just wanted to get out there, meet people, talk with people, and see if they can change his mind. Like when you go for, you know, go for a car, you have an idea of what car you want to get, right? You go look at maybe some other options out there. No, I like that first one that I saw, right? Or could mm-hmm. it be the situation where I know with almost 800 people in this chat, I guarantee one person has had this before. You go car shopping. You're looking around, you got an idea of what you want, but then something else pops up and you're like, oh man, you know, yep, that's a pretty good deal. 
you know, less mm-hmm. mileage. Oh man, mm-hmm. it's a little bit newer. Oh man, this is a really good deal. I'm going to go with this one instead. Could it end up being that kind of a situation, right? Where you had a plan going in and then things change, you know? I wonder what's the structure of the contract going to look like. I think that I'm honestly, yes, I want to know where he goes, but I really want to know what that contract looks like. Like what, how is it going to be structured? What kind of opt outs, what Mm -hmm. incentives that's, I'm very curious about that. And if the blue Jays offer him something and you got to think for the blue Jays, they're very motivated, right? The Dodgers are the Dodgers at the end of the day, right? The blue Jays. I wonder if they will do everything they can to make the contract itself more desirable, maybe not more money, but just maybe the way it's laid out, maybe more incentives Mm -hmm. in there, maybe options. I wonder if the Blue Jays would, you know, maybe Otani calls them back, agent calls them back. Hey, if you throw in, you know, player option here at the end, maybe an opt out, let's do it. I I wonder if the Blue Jays would do that, right? Because they kind of need to, right? They don't have that edge over the Dodgers right now. Yeah. Who knows? I'm just kind of spitballing here. I don't know exactly, but I think the Blue Jays are a real threat. Um, Mm -hmm. And once they first popped up, I started thinking about it. I'm like, gosh, you know what? There's a lot of things that make a lot of sense for the Blue Jays, right? You obviously have a big Japanese population over there. They've done a lot of renovations with the stadium as well as the spring training complex. And I've also thought about the Blue Jays themselves. You don't really ever hear any, any negative publicity you know, coming out, it always seems like people, for the most part, seem to be pretty happy there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you people are also, I think, forgetting. You just literally signed Gosman and Springer in the last couple of off seasons. Those are two big names that you were able to land. Yeah. If they were able to land those guys, I know they're not Shohei Otani, but those were big time free agents in their yep. markets. Yeah. They got those guys. They Why can go get, get Otani. They can go get them. You know, this Dodgers and Blue Jays, this kind of gets back to a classic want versus a need. The Dodgers want Otani. And if they don't get Otani, they will be linked to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. And they could go get the next guy, the next guy, the next guy if they choose. The Blue Jays are now at a point where they need Otani. And the need is it burns hotter. Similar to this gets back to my whole reasoning for the the reason why the Yankees trade for Soto is there was a desire that burned in the belly that what has happened is unacceptable and we have to go make a change. The Toronto Blue Jays, I feel like they're entering a crossroads of an offseason where you only have two years of control left with Bo and Vladdy and the last three of the last four years when you made the playoffs, you didn't win a single game. Ross and Mark might be on thin ice. We don't know that. Maybe the ice is solid. Maybe it's not. But if it's not, they're going to be acting in a manner where that need starts to outweigh the want in the situation. So that you see the Blue Jays go. They're mentioned with Soto. They're mentioned with Otani. They're one of the Yamamoto teams. They're all over the place with everybody. You've got that two-year thing with Bo and Vladdy that I talked about. Gets to this. A team that is underperforming has two megastars that are getting to the end of their control. You have to start to entertain the idea of, well, we can sign one. We got to trade the other. And we got to do that when we can get max value when there's a year left on the deal. So 2024 becomes the year where it's push the chips all in. Because even if they do have a great season, even if they do, they may 
still feel the need to trade one of them at the end of next season. So 2024 could be all in. If they get Otani, that might change things because then the Blue Jays would enter into the Astros and Alex Bregman category, the Nats and Anthony Rendon category, where when you're going for it, yeah, it would be nice to trade the guy and get something back, but you got to go for it. And a, 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 another World Series run is more important than, you know, three prospects for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah. or and, Bo and Bichette. I, I, I want to ask you, and that was yeah. another thing, too, that I was speculating the other day. Do you think, and I'll ask you your own personal opinion on this, sure. do you think there's any sort of a connection with, because we've been, now I know a lot of people will say, you know, maybe Cubs fans were kind of blowing up the whole Bo Bichette stuff. Either yeah. way, they were getting phone calls about him, all right? And then, sure. you know, Vlad was popping up there as well. Do you yeah. think, personally, do you think there's any connection with them looking at Otani, being serious for him, yeah. but also with Vlad and Bo maybe popping up? Like, do you want? Do you wonder if maybe, because with Bouchette, he has a ton of value right now. He could really yeah. bring you back a lot of pieces. And mm -hmm. they got, you know, perhaps some other guys that could maybe go win the job in spring training, you know, mm -hmm. someone like Martinez, right? Um you know, I just wonder, I wonder if there was like any sort of a correlation there where, oh, you know what? We got a real shot at Otani here. Are we going to really yeah. keep the, and, and they hadn't entertained any sort of extension talks with those two guys and, and Blue Jays fans. I've been seeing it for years. Like, why have they not went after them for extensions? Like what's going on? Like, yeah, have they well, maybe, ha and, and this is another thing I want to point out too. How many times yeah. have we seen f front offices where they've said, oh, we've had them on our radar for a few years now. Right. Like how many, like, exactly. I wonder if this has been something that they've been looking at for a bit now. And because mm -hmm. then you think like, why aren't they signing Vlad? Like, why aren't they mm -hmm. signing Bichette? These are two young guys who are impactful right. players. So I wonder if there's like any sort of a connection there. Do they just, could they still, you know, maybe lock them up to extensions? Well, sure. That's a ton of money, right? Yeah. Do the Blue Jays want to do that? I'm thinking of it more like if you're going to give either or, you know, mm -hmm. money, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're going to give it to Otani because that guy's going to sell the tickets. No disrespect right. to Shet and Vlad, but sorry, Otani's selling tickets, not them. Yep. Um, merchandise, everything. You want Otani because if you think about it, when you look at the production from their offensive numbers last year, Otani was actually better than them combined with just the bat last year. And they're probably going to roughly, if you look at extensions for Bichette and Vlad, they're probably going to be right around the same money when it comes mm -hmm. to the AAV for Otani. Right. So yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of like wondering it from from that point of view. Well, this so, this this front office doesn't do those types of extensions. They haven't done it for anybody. Yeah. They you know, that's something that Tampa does. San Diego has done. Atlanta does really well. They go out there and they get these guys. There's a little bit of risk on the team side because what if this player fizzles out? Yeah. Uh, then we're stuck with all of this money. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos has had no hesitation in doing that. Uh, this Blue Jays front office just doesn't operate in that manner. As yeah. for the conversations that have been happening with the Cubs and the Blue Jays and the, maybe the Dodgers and the Blue Jays, I think we have entered the window where two years of control left. It, because the clock is ticking and it feels like the clock is speeding up, you get to a point where teams are going to start calling and asking. So what's the deal here? Because you also, if you're Jed Hoyer or if you're Andrew Friedman and, and, their, and their front office group, you also kind of need to gauge what the market is. Okay, we talked to you in 2023. You said that for Boba Shett, it was going to cost prospect A, B, C, and D. 
Here we are. We're talking to you in November of 2024. You can't still be asking for prospect A, B, C, and D because there's one year left on the contract. So it kind of gives you a benchmark. So fast forward a year because, again, I am, the more I talk about it and think about it, coming to the realization that I think that one of them gets traded next offseason. Depending on, depending on Otani, that will be one depending factor. And the other factor is, are they a World Series favorite? Or are they in World Series or bust mode? If you're in World Series or bust mode, it's going to be very difficult to need one of them. But if they're not in that mode, if they're in a mode where, yes, we want to win the World Series, but if we don't win the World Series, it's okay. If they're in that mode, then I think one of them gets dealt. And if you're the Cubs, you're the Dodgers, wouldn't be surprised if next November... Those two teams are prominent in the Bo Bichette sweepstakes or the Vladdy sweepstakes because they started doing their homework in November of 2023. So yeah. I think that that's kind of where it's at. It was a long shot. It wasn't going to happen. I, conversations, yeah, we've heard constantly that there are conversations that happen between front offices constantly about players that are not being shopped and are not available. But teams yeah. are calling and asking and they're listening. Yeah, so I agree with you. I definitely think, could you trade Bichette this offseason? Sure, but there's a lot of value there still with the multiple years of control that shoots his price right up. But yeah, perhaps now, you know, if you're looking at one year of control for Bichette, well, that value will probably go down mm-hmm. probably around the 15 to $20 million range in terms of prospects. Yeah. So yeah. right now, if you dealt him, you'd get a lot of pieces, right? And the one thing the Blue Jays, they could use, they could use a bit of a bump in that farm, right? 25th overall right now in Baseball America mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to their rankings in the, in the farm system. So they could use something. You know, I'm not saying trading Bichette is the best idea. I'm just trying to think of where they're thinking, right? right. You know, number one target is obviously Otani right now, but I think they're – that could lead to a multitude of things, right? I think yeah. Otani, in my opinion, he's going to be a, a, a an organization-shifting move. But for the Blue Jays, I think that's more so because I think that really shows like where they're going to go with certain guys, right? But that's just me. Yeah, no, I, I think that the front office right now, uh, Atkins and Shapiro may have in the back of their mind job security because – they are at a point now where these are these. This is a pivotal moment. These are cornerstone franchises, and you can't win a playoff game. The the team that you have built cannot win a playoff game. That's unacceptable. I want to get to some super chats real quick. Raul, a while ago, about a half hour ago. Sorry, I missed it, Raul. I just going through and I saw it. Raul with the chat. If the Jays don't get, it's relevant to our conversation right now. If the Jays don't get Otani, trade Bo or Vladdy coming in from Raul. Thank you for that donation. We also had from Joe Hill. About 10, 15 minutes ago, Erod is a schmuck. Hashtag Tigers fan. I think I, I have a feeling. Yeah, it's, it's a great word. Fun. It's a fantastic word. And then Brandon Johnson, thank you for the donation. I saw a video where Otani was talking about Hosey after his retirement. Does Buster come back and uh, catch for Otani? Brandon, thank you for the donation. <laughs> I would say that that is probably not going to happen. I think Buster is happy living his life, doing his thing. And you have, if I'm Otani, you know what I really want to do? I want to pitch to Patrick Bailey because Patrick mm-hmm. Bailey, in my opinion, the best catcher behind the plate in the game. Pop time, arm strength, and frame rate. He literally, go look it up on Baseball Savant. Go look up catcher framing. 
He makes the strike zone bigger, bigger than any other strike zone in baseball. Patrick Bailey, high, low, in, out, corners, dots, wherever. It's a bigger strike zone with Patrick Bailey. Uh, Doug with a super chat coming through real quick. Ray, uh, Reds are not done, guys. I think not uh, done. We, I, we agree with you. We 100% it's agree so with you. Active. So they, active. They are. Let me do this real quick. Those of you that are watching live, you're good. You have nothing that you need to do. You can hang out. We're going to keep going. But we are heading into extras. What does that mean? Those listening on the pod, those listening live, hang out. We're going to keep talking. We can talk about the Yamamoto 7. We can talk about Cody Bellinger. Is he a plan B for the Blue Jays? Is he a plan A for the Cubs? We can talk about that. We're going to head into extras. So those watching the replay, this is where you will have to click in the link down below to access that part of the conversation. Again, those live, those listening on the podcast, you have nothing to do. So let's head into extras. And again, those watching the replay, thank you for coming in. Keeping going for the podcast listeners and the live viewers on YouTube. Again, those of you that are live, hit that like. Let's shoot past the 200 mark. We have almost 900 watching live right now. Thank you for getting up early. On a is this Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday morning. It is Thursday. Wow. Let's let's talk about Yamamoto because I think that ties in with your team because that one surprised me when we got the seven for Yamamoto. The Red Sox yeah. were not on the list, but there were two mystery teams. Yeah. Is Boston one of those looming mystery teams? They've got to be right. It's absolutely madness that the Athletic doesn't have the Red Sox as one of those those poster teams for Yamamoto. Right? You got to be scratching. Uh, I think it's a little silly, and I think it's a little. I don't know. Maybe I'll go a hot take here. Maybe I'm showing you know some some Red Sox bias here. I think it's a little lazy, in my opinion. It's very clear that the Red Sox have Yamamoto as a top priority. It's like it's yeah. not really hard to figure that out, right? They're a big market team first and foremost. Right. But it's been very clear from multiple outlets in this offseason that Yamamoto is a big target for them. Um, will they land him? I'm not saying they'll land him, but they're going to try. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I just think it's, I don't know, like, yeah, Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, um, Cubs, even. I think the Cubs could actually be pretty dangerous for him, honestly. I think look out for them. I think he would pretty, yeah. I think he'd look pretty good in a Cubs jersey, but that's just me. Um, but I think it's just a little silly that the Red Sox wouldn't be included in that article when Morosi has said the Red Sox are mm -hmm. high after him. Mm -hmm. uh, Heyman just this morning, you know, putting uh, putting the Red Sox in that conversation, right? Uh, yeah. He said all the big market teams are in on Yamamoto, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's really hard to figure out. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah, I think when it comes to Yamamoto – you got the Yankees meeting coming up next week. The Mets already went to Japan, right? Yeah. Good on the Mets, honestly. You know, mm -hmm. really good business move. They got ahead out of every, they got ahead of everyone there. They flew to freaking Japan, right? That's not not a bad move if you ask me. To go um, and meet with his family, right? That it, it is such a a that is such a yeah. big time cultural acknowledgement move to go and do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a I think that was a really good thing. And Steve Cohen. Mm -hmm. This guy is does not have the riches that he has by accident, right? He makes the good right. business moves. He's made the good professional moves, right? Those are the kind of moves that 
you, you, that could really live a, leave a good taste in your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Yamamoto is like, hey, you know what? Really appreciated that, right? I know it is business at the end of the day, but he they went, they, you know, they took a long flight to come out here. That's not bad if you ask me. Really shows yeah. that the Mets are trying to uh, build a winner for the long haul. Um, but in the end, yeah, maybe it's a little bias on my end, probably. But yeah, I'm not counting the Red Sox out until it's over, right? Because they've landed these Japanese guys in the past. They mm-hmm. need him. Yep. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I agree with you. I think it was a little surprising that uh, they didn't list the Red Sox as a team, right? Mm-hmm. When multiple people have said that they are in it. So do you think he's getting 300 million? That's the latest report out there is that he could get up to $300 million. That's insane. I think the $300 million thing. I think that's more got to remember with the media, right? They like to, they like to push those, uh, those dramatic numbers. They don't want to go like too far, but you know, yeah. like, uh, you're probably looking around maybe like 250 in my opinion, 250, 270. I could see somewhere there. Um, mm-hmm. 300, I just think is a little silly. Right. Yes, I think he's going to be really good. There's been a a lot of evidence showing that he will transition over to the major leagues just fine. Right. I personally think 300 million. There's just a perception thing about it. Right. It's you just look at that and you're like, man, you know, I don't think we're there yet. right, Right. To be offering international guys, no matter how good they've been. Don't think we're at that point yet where 300 is a number. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see the 250, 260, 275 tops. Right. But yeah. 300. I mean, come on now. That's, I feel like yeah. I feel like maybe there's some lost in translation in the reporting. I think when you add in I, the, yeah. post, the with the posting fee, when you include the posting fee that, in the yeah. total, yeah. A, A, all, all in 300 million has to be a base contract. Then yeah. yeah, 300 is, is silly with the posting fee. Yeah, I could see that. Totally. Uh, so we're talking, you know, Yamamoto, the 300 million. We also heard that Bellinger is looking for in excess of 250 million, which that sounds like monopoly money that we're just throwing around now. Um, because that's if he's getting 250, that tells me we're doing 10 years. That's not happening. Um, this feels like negotiation 101 that you start at 250 knowing that you don't want to be at 150 and somehow you end up somewhere between like 175 and 200 with maybe a mutual option that that carries you to that 175 to 200 number right there's a mutual option for 25 million the last year of the deal and that takes you from 150 to 175 because this still feels like it's a five or six year deal and he's waiting definitely He's got to be, well, maybe he's not waiting, but he's being forced to wait for the Shohei Otani news to finally wrap up because that's a domino that needs to fall. If the Cubs go get Bellinger, that is the announcement that the Cubs are out. And and I I don't know if we know the Cubs are 100% out. Uh, We won't know until they go and get a Bellinger. We know the Blue Jays could pivot to Cody Bellinger. The Giants could pivot to Cody Bellinger. There's a lot of teams. Bellinger's market might double in size once Otani's done. Um, he loses a team with the Yankees. I think everybody put that together, that if the Yankees Soto, then they could go and get Bellinger or, or target Bellinger. But I've got, I've still, through all of this, my prediction is that Bellinger ends up back with the Cubs. And I think he ends up somewhere, I think he ends up somewhere around 160 to 175. Um, 
based on stuff you're reading and, and, and you're hearing, what, what what's your feeling on Bellinger and where this thing could go? Well, the Giants, they're quiet. That was my pick, right? They're focusing on Otani right now. Yeah. Uh, Bellinger, he's waiting on Otani, right, to sign. Yes. So he's not doing anything until that guy signs. Mm-hmm. I just think at least the Giants should get Bellinger, right? If Otani ends up going Dodgers, Blue Jays, I think Bellinger should be their number one target. I've been saying this from the get-go. Yes, go after the top, top, top echelon guys like Otani, Judge last year. Yeah, go after those guys, right? But we've seen with the Giants, it just never works out, right? So I think they need to make sure they are very, very firm with their backup plans, right? Mm-hmm. Immediately, if you are if you know you're out on Otani, you even right now, if they know they don't have a, a great shot at Otani, I'd be calling Bellinger's agent yep. right now. Get right? moving. Making sure it's that's something that's in motion, right? The Giants, I think, need to do a move like that, right? Go after multiple guys. I think Chapman would be a great fit. We've talked about this before. Um, but now all of a sudden, the Mariners are interesting. I just don't know, right? They've been clearing mm-hmm. the payroll. They cleared around $30 million of payroll. Is this for something else? Are they just clearing payroll? I don't know exactly what their motivations are there, but the Mariners would seem on paper to be a really nice fit. So right. my, I, of course he could still go back to the Cubs. I, I won't count that out. I have been seeing some things that maybe the Cubs aren't really feeling it right. Coming back. Right. I don't know exactly what their motivations are. They've been in a lot of the Tyler Glasnow talks and Morrell, his name says has come up in trade talks. So who knows? You know, I would probably say right now the three teams for me would be the Giants, Mariners, and the Cubs, right, for Ballinger. Yeah. That seems to make sense to me. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I'll stick with the Giants, though. I'll stick with yeah, the Giants. Giants would make sense. They they need they need a they need a star. Uh, right. I feel like this Giants team, like it has it has worked, kind of having this sort of. It's not a group of castoffs, but it kind of is. Right, it's Tyro Estrada from the Yankees. They bring him in; he's been good. You bring in JD Davis, you get a lot out of him. You have Wilmer Flores, you get a lot out of him. You know, um, Cobb and and Descalvi. It's a it's a bunch of castoffs that have come together, played as a team, and have achieved some really great things. And I think now that's great. That works. We need stars. We yeah. we need stars. We need to be able to go out and close. On a star or two, if you're Farhan. Word from Cody Bellinger's agent, Scott Boris. Our platform is Cody's let us know that he's listening to everyone involved and there are no exclusions. Not a whole lot there, but Cody is taking in all the offers, trying to get his, trying to get max value. And again, he won't get max value until after Otani has signed and those other teams that miss out on Otani all of a sudden have a hole, a need, and a ton of cash sitting around that they were planning to give to Cody Bellinger. Um, let's let's do one more, at least one more. And if you have another one you want to throw out there, please do. You brought up the Mariners. I don't want to leave here without kind of talking about the Mariners. Is is Jerry Depoto going to be Seattle's most wanted man if they go through this offseason and they don't reinvest this money? The Kelnick deal looks horrible. Those pitchers that they got for Kelnick may never 
may never do a darn thing. Jackson Coar, they just got, he'll pitch out of the bullpen. Uh, the prospect that they got, you never know if he's ever, he hasn't thrown any, a professional inning. They might have gotten nothing for Jared Kelnick, the guy who was just two years ago, one of the highest regarded prospects and is still like 24, 25 years old. They gave up on him and gave him away so that they could shed salary. What? <laughs> if they don't go out there and get Bellinger, Jerry DePoto might get run out of town. Yeah, I agree. You know, they have gotten some pieces back, you know, like not the most amazing pieces, but they've gotten some upside kind of guys. But that's what that's not what Mariners fans are looking for right now. They're looking for no. guys that can help them make a playoff run, right? I'm still in wait and see mode. We have to remember here, we're not even at Christmas, right? We've right. seen many, many, many big-time deals come after Christmas, right? Yep. I mean, how many times over the years we've seen something in January, right? The Mookie Betts deal was almost in spring training, right? Late January, early, early February, right? We've yes, seen massive deals happen later on. So I'd say be patient a little bit. You got to kind of do these things maybe to set yourselves up for something else. So I think they're, yeah. I don't know. I would like to think that they're putting themselves in a good position to go land someone. I would think, but good grief. If they're just cutting payroll and they're, uh, that's brutal. Like that's just, uh, nah, dude. Nope. Nope. They, but for the Mariners, they need to do something, in my opinion. The, this the, roster, it looks so much worse than it did oh, last year. The pitch looks, looks good, but they need offense. It so. looks worse. It looks worse than it did two weeks ago. Like they came into this offseason with a bunch of holes. Now they have created more holes. And I don't know, even with all the money that they are saving by trading away Suarez and trading away Gonzalez and trading away White. I, like, okay, the left fielder is Cade Marlowe. The third baseman is Luis Arias. The right fielder is Dominic Canzone. The designated hitter is Taylor Trammell. The second baseman is Josh Rojas. There are some nice players in that mix, but that's more than half the lineup. You mean to tell me that this Seattle Mariners team is going to be able to go head-to-head -head with the Texas Rangers? They're going to be able to go head-to-head -head with the Houston Astros. Uh, I can say that it is highly unlikely that they are going to be able to do that. Maybe they could still beat up on the athletics and they'll be fine against a Otani list angels. But this team's think about who they have to compete with. They have to compete with the Rangers. They have to compete with the Astros in the division. And then they have to compete with all of those American league East teams for a wild card spot. Good luck. Just yeah. didn't do it. And what they now have to do to fix that. Look, I just gave you Marlo, Arias, Canzone, Tramel, Rojas, one of them. One of them should be given a shot at regular playing time. Not all of them. And there's still time. Like you said, it is early. It is not. It, we, there, there, there can be deals after Christmas. But now I'm worried about the sheer number of deals that they had that Jerry DePoto has to go execute on to bring this team back into the fold. I'm very suspect of it. I don't. I don't know. Um, Again, look at the free agent class. We got maybe one impact bat after Otani. There's there's Cody Bellinger, and even then, some people have question marks on him. Um, the, the trade who they trade for uh, that that's going to make the impact because they're not they're not bringing in a bunch of prospects with these trades. They're just sending money out the door. The Mariners seem to be Jerry Depoto seems to be playing a 
a, a game that the dangerous one. I think Jerry Depoto is playing a dangerous, very yeah, dangerous think, game right you know, now. And again, kind of just getting what I will say that money that they got rid of, right, with Evan White, you know, clearing out Marco Gonzalez, that was pretty much dead money, right, it, on mm-hmm. their payroll. Yeah, it's not doing anything for them. They're, you got a thing from from a business point of view, right? You're basically paying these guys and you're really getting nothing out of it. So I will mm-hmm. give them credit for clearing that off, right? It's better to get that money off of your payroll and try and use it in a better way, right? So, you know, when I'm looking at the roster for the Mariners right now, yeah, outfield, absolutely Bellinger fits here, right? But then I wonder, you know, is Luis Urias that guy for third base, right? So could they, you know, maybe... I've been talking about how the Giants here would be a great fit for Bellinger and Chapman. Could they maybe make a run at both those guys, right? That would be pretty massive, I think, if they were able to land two guys mm-hmm. like that. Now, I don't know if Mariners fans would, especially like, you know, Chapman for the long haul, but, you know, West Coast, he was out there in, over in uh, Oakland for a long time. Maybe. I wonder if that could be a fit. You know, the yeah. Mariners, I will, like I said, I will give them the credit because that money was pretty much doing nothing for them. Right. It, it was. was Evan White. Sure. I had completely forgotten about Evan White. I remember when that when that move first happened a few years ago. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. That's a good signing, right? Oh, mm-hmm. hey, cool. Look at that. You don't ever see a prospect really get paid like this. And I didn't yeah. work out at all. So yep. Marco Gonzalez, not doing really much of anything. Mm-mm. I'm waiting for the Mariners to really, until I really form an opinion. I, I You can't really give an opinion right now. I'm going to wait and see. Think about how the Braves then spun off Gonzalez to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Couldn't DePoto... Make some more calls. Call around. Um, could, you know could, could, call. Couldn't they have done a deal with Pittsburgh directly? And mm. maybe, again, they sent money to Atlanta. So it's not like it was completely off the books, Marco Gonzalez and, and Evan White. They they still included money in that deal. Could they have called Pittsburgh and said, hey, Pittsburgh, we'll, we'll give you Marco Gonzalez. You don't have to give us anything back. Give us a player to be named later. Just take half of the salary. Take half of the salary and and free up some money for us. I think giving up on Kelnick could be a, a huge mistake. That is to be seen. Kelnick yeah. may continue to go do what he's done in Atlanta and it could be nothing. They had to attach Kelnick. Like that's the one thing. And, and it just yeah. makes me think from the point of view, they had been giving this guy a lot of opportunities, right? Over the last couple of years. Fair. He definitely Fair. has the ceiling, right? He, but, you know, last year, what was it again? He kicked the water cooler and he broke his foot, right? Or whatever that was. Was mm-hmm. that how it happened? Yep. Um, yep. He's been given a lot of chances, man. Like, it's true. And he just hasn't really been able to come through. It's, he's, you know, gone up and down minor leagues, major leagues, kicking the cooler, mm-hmm. you know, and he has trade value, right? That's the thing with Kalnick. He had value and it just so happened you could, it kind of worked out perfect where he could yep. be attached with Evan White and Gonzalez. And that's a, you know, salary dump. And the Mariners, mm-hmm. in my opinion, probably just felt like, you know what? We don't think this is going to be the guy, right? We, yep. He's been given like sure. how many years now? What was it? Like three seasons he was given 21, three. 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, at some point it's like, are you really, what are you, what are you going to get more out of him? He looked great last year at the beginning of the year, but then remember he started yep. to slow down a little bit. And then he got hurt. So mm-hmm. then he came back and he was looking pretty good. I don't know. Yep. I just feel like with the Mariners, they, in my opinion, they probably think, you know what? Kelnick's not our guy, right? You know, maybe he could exactly. be, but we need to go after 
a guy that we think is going to be fine, right, for the next few years. So give someone that can give them a bit more stability. That's the way I right. look at it, right? Someone, well, and I know people will argue, is Ballinger that guy? Because he was, you know, I'm terrible for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, one more, one more out there, right? One, maybe Rosarena, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. One yeah. more devil's advocate thought about it. What could you have gotten for Kelnick if you weren't in, including salary dump guys? You know, that's again, you, you, you get back to the point that he, they wanted to shed money. I wonder what you could have gotten for Jared Kelnick if it was just straight up Kelnick for another player. Could you have gotten something of more value that's going to help you in 2024? Because Seattle's still in a win mode. Um, let me put up a couple of uh, super chats here. Ben Lowry, thank you. Uh, no Soto to the O, sadly, but Sox are getting Yami, Yami, and Montgomery. I don't know. Uh, Yami, I don't know who that is. I think maybe there's a miss. Uh, maybe are you Yamamoto? Was that? I think you meant Yamamoto. Fingers crossed. Cards getting Lugo. Reds want glassy I, I ben i love how you're just giving everybody uh a nickname already <laughs> we're getting glassy we got yammy mets go for snelly and otani he's already got the e at the end of his name otani e uh staying in la so ben with some predictions more from ben here what about robert jr to the mariners i think we both uh robbie and i are in the same camp that robert's not going anywhere and- yeah I, I, a couple like maybe a week ago i thought eh, maybe now i that's mm-hmm. a guy it's it's not every day you come across Luis Robert Jr. Right? Yeah. It's that's a good player, man. Yeah. You know, I think the White Sox hang on to him. He's not he's he's highly unlikely to go anywhere, especially yeah. when we know we know Chris gets wants the moon for Dylan Cease. He wants planets for Luis Robert. Uh and Ben, one more Robert Jr. to the Giants, or maybe a Buxton trade. I think Buxton with the money and his injury history, that's that would be too much for anybody to take a gamble on. That's that Buxton thing looks like in a year, let's see how it goes, where Buxton might get traded, but that would be a salary dump. Um, speaking of of pushing salary out the door. Um, and Jimmy, Jimmy Productions, thank you for the super chat. What do you think about Nick Senzel to the Nats? We also saw, um, so, okay, we saw Juan Yepes to the Washington Nationals. The Nats are going out there and shopping in what appears to be the bargain bin, but these are guys that maybe become, I don't want to call them glue guys, but and I think they're better than just depth pieces, but these are guys that could help them be better. And let's say 2024 isn't the surprise year. If Senzel or Yepes do something, trade them, get something back for them at the deadline. So yeah. um, I do think that that's a low risk, high reward proposition. Senzel to the yeah, Nats. for the Nationals, man. Yeah. Like it, they're in a position right now to buy low, Try and yep. get some high reward, right? I think the Nationals, I think they could be a, a fun team this yeah. coming year, right? Um, let's see. Let's see if they can maybe take that step forward. They got a lot of young talent there. You know, I think there could be some energy there. We'll have to wait and see. I don't see them really going after any big names. I did think maybe like a couple of months ago, like could they maybe surprise some people, maybe land a guy that you maybe you weren't that they were a team you weren't expecting to do anything and all of a sudden they mm-hmm. made a splash but with the whole thing with ownership and stuff right now 
I just wonder if they end up doing anything there, but I, I yep. definitely could see some buy low options for sure. So, yeah, definitely. I think they'll do more of that. I, I think they might have a splash in them, they could. but, but, but the, I think the splashy guys are still waiting for Otani. Um, all right. Those of you watching live do me and Robbie a solid, massive favor. Subscribe to the podcast. It is our combined effort now. Robbie is officially a co-host with the Barreled Up Podcast. So wherever you get your podcast, there is a link down below to send you to Linktree that will give you the option to head out to wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, Google, Apple, the Odyssey app, wherever you get them from. Would love for you to head over there, subscribe to it. There is content that is exclusive to the podcast. Again, when we do these live recordings, there will be a portion of the recording in this instance, at least a half an hour, that is podcast only if you miss the live recording. You'll want to be subscribed to that. And there will be some times where we only put things on the podcast and it will not have any YouTube attachment to it. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast. That's it. We went an hour seven. I think the plan was to go like 30 to 40, but <laughs> you get you and me talking baseball and, and everything, and this is Winter what happens. time. Exactly. We go, we go long. We talk. Um, I think we're out of here. Robbie, any final words, any final thoughts? I will say there was one little thing. Uh, Imanaga, uh, the, the, the next guy up out of yeah. Japan. Um, there was a little something that was brought to my attention. He has received, uh, multi-year offers from 10 teams. Some Woo! close uh, to even a hundred million dollars worth of value. That sounds about right. Right, so mm. Imanaga could he end, could Imanaga end up signing before Yamamoto? We'll have to see. I think he the, might. I think we're gonna start picking it up now. I, I now that I think we're we're getting to the this. It looks like we're getting to the decision on Otani. We've got the Soto trade done. Mm -hmm. I think the winter meetings, while they were a dud, I think in the end what they were was to get those wheels moving right feel out the market wasn't exactly what we wanted but who knows i think uh i think we'll start seeing some some of those floodgates start to open and who knows maybe maybe we could be there next year maybe i think we picked a good oh. year to not go right? yes good point yes. so i i remember i i don't know how you felt about this in the beginning where i was seeing people like other content creators mm -hmm. like, at the winter meetings i'm like dang man i want to i want to be there like that looks yeah. fun man everyone's taking pictures everyone's happy it was like everyone's at like a wedding or something right and now a day passed and everyone it was just like you know dead in their face basically and just yeah, yeah. so we we're going to push year. whether next we year. are actually credentialed and in the facility or set up shop in a community space like a parking lot or a, 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 a or a sidewalk outside the facility uh we will we will be in the area next year i have to help us out man gotta be exa exactly we're gonna, we gotta we're gonna work, pull some Planet. strings yes exactly all right guys uh we are out of here that's a wrap on this edition of the barreled up podcast again Make sure to subscribe to the pod, rate, and review those watching on YouTube. Hit that like on the way out. Help us out there as well. We will be back next week diving into more of what's going on. We got some really cool guests that we are talking to and looking to secure. 
And so keep an eye out for that as well. Everybody, we are out of here. Go out there and enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll see you next time on the Barreled Up Pod. (laughs) 